Today you get to meet Don Hall. Don Hall is a retired lieutenant colonel in the Air Force, was a career instructor pilot, safety, and training officer, grew up an Air Force brat, but instead of me blithering on about his military stuff, what you really want to know is Don is the, uh, the creator and overseer of 40 years of Waldo F. Dumb Squat. This is going to be a great story. Thanks for doing this. I, uh, I always like to start these off by asking, you know, what message do you have for the incoming class, the current cadets, the recent grads, and the old far- folks like ourselves? I always uh, think about traditions of the academy, uh, especially when I get hazed by the West Point guys and the Annapolis guys, when they have, uh, you know, tradition that's been uh, unaltered by progress. Uh, <laughs> That uh, I, I always want to try and keep what traditions the classes uh, before us tried to set up, and I'd like to see them go forward. Um, there were some little things that happened. I don't know if you knew there was a point in time when they were going to go away from class blankets, class colors. Did you know that? No. And that was, uh, I think, the mid-2000s, uh, you know, for 2010, I think. And it it caused such a ruckus because the grads considered that a tradition and uh, so they uh, decided to keep the colors now I have to admit today I don't know if they're doing that still or not I think they are Uh, I think I saw that when I was there and there there were some other little things that did change we couldn't control Uh, you remember where Pegasus was when we were cadets yep just outside the ballroom Arnold Hall and the uh you know, the tradition there was if a cadet took his date to Pegasus and she touched Pegasus, uh, if she was a virgin, he would fly away. <laughs> yeah, I remember. And as of our graduation, he hadn't moved. Uh, <laughs> the uh, the thing is, now he's, uh, I think he's somewhere near uh, Doolittle Hall. Yep. So somebody, we don't know what class it was, succeeded. <laughs> but that did that did knock out one of our traditions. Yep. You boy, Don, I wanted to ask you, you were a uh, founding member of one of the great traditions at Air Force. Uh, which one would that be? That would be the, the world famous Waldo F. Dumb Squat. Well, there's a story to that. And, and uh, uh, I, I really can't take all the credit if you got time for that story. Oh, yeah. This is, <laughs> you're, you're, this is a featured part of your story. Okay, well, it goes back to the class of 75. Uh, there was a cadet uh, there. I'm not, I've talked to him in the past. I'm not sure he want me to use his name, but he, uh, he basically started writing for the uh, uh, Talon magazine, Cadet magazine, and uh, he wrote a very satirical article, if you remember it at all, <laughs> and it was Waldo up Dumb Squat, but uh, he patterned it after the... Uh, uh, there's a famous Walter Mitty uh, kind of patted it after some characters in the past that had had uh, secret identities. Okay. And uh, his his push was to have a uh, his take was a very satirical take on what was going on at the academy. And part of it was I think his different situations with uh, Act Pro and <laughs> the other pros that we had. And uh, he wrote the uh, article uh, anonymously. Well, he got into some trouble at the end of the year and had to, you know, sort some things out in his life there at the academy. 
and uh, he stopped writing. So when I was a sophomore, you and I were sophomores in, in 73, I went to the cadet wing media office and asked the uh, captain in charge there, officer in charge, if I could continue writing Waldo F. Dump Squad. <laughs> well, he, he said, sure. So I started writing, uh, you know, in the, in the, uh, the magazine and, and, uh, as you know, it, it became, I think, I thought a, a, a feature along with the girl of the month. I'm not sure who was more popular, me or the girl of the month, but anyway, uh, I still did it anonymously and, uh, I got a letter <laughs> from the commandant. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Uh, the, uh, <clears throat> the article had poked a little fun at the commandant and, uh, uh, the, uh, the story is from, from his aide, uh, that the commandant had called the cadet wing media office and said, who's writing this dumb squad article <laughs> and the, and the, uh, uh, captain charge said, well, that's anonymous, sir. <laughs> and he said, no, I'm going to ask you again, who <laughs> <laughs> who writes it? They gave me up really fast. Basically, uh, I got a letter from the commandant, and I and I actually uh, copied it and put it in my first book. But it was very nice. Uh, it was uh, General uh, Hoytus Vandenberg Jr., as you remember. Yeah. And he said that he liked it so much he'd like me to sign my name to it, take a byline, <laughs> and that uh, he thought I. I walked the edge of satire and comedy and, and humor that to the point he liked it. He wanted me to keep doing what I was doing. Wow. And after that, uh, so we put my, my name on the article after that. And each month his aide would call me and ask me if the comedy was going to be in the next article. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd have to say, no, he didn't do anything funny this month. You know, <laughs> you, know? you remember the one time he, uh, when he was broke his leg skiing, and he had to go in the golf cart around the terrazzo. I, I remember something about. Remember, it. you remember his aide took the corner too fast and spilled him out on the terrazzo. I don't remember that. That's great. Okay, well, there was stuff like that, you know, that was good humor. But uh, uh, that I thought that was interesting. So uh, ever since then, of course, my name was associated with Waldo. Well, I kind of put my own spin on him. Uh, I created new characters, as you know, and. Uh, so that's, that's, uh, you know, that I consider it a tradition. I did it for, uh, what, over 40 years. Yeah. Um, so it, uh, it, it's nice if people remember it. I, I do know there are, I got emails from graduates that say, you know, Hey, we, we really enjoy it. And, uh, uh, it, it, it really makes my day to hear that because you write stuff and you put it in a magazine. You don't know if anybody's reading it. Yeah, and I, I doubt if anybody's going to write and say, I hated your, your making fun of the Form 10 or the Tour Pad or the. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I guess the one that I saved, uh, I got an email from a 75 grad. Uh, no, it was a 76 grad. Uh, the, the other one was from a 75 grad. The 76 grad said, Don Waldo always makes me laugh. Tonight he made me cry. The spirit <laughs> of 76 lives forever. Yeah, and I I think I know which one that was. I wrote an article about our classmate Todd Spangler, who died in a car wreck in, oh. in yeah in uh, I think it was 2010. But uh, you know, it just 
you you can write funny things, but sometimes you can write things that move people. Yep. No, this that's 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 wonderful. I'm I uh, yeah I, I appreciate I appreciate the tradition that you established, and I hope <laughs> that they uh, let you uh, keep doing it, or at least run some old old favorite ones every once in a while because I think it's an important uh, tradition. My, well, it it uh, it it uh, stuck with me, so I, I actually uh, kept every one of the articles I wrote, and I I uh, actually produced two two uh, different volumes. Uh, the Secret Life of Walled Up Dumb Squad, and I donated them to the uh, Cadet Library. So if people were interested, they could go check it out. We got to donate that to the Pulitzer Committee. Come on. <laughs> well, I'm writing a third third volume that has uh, uh, the articles I've written from 1995 to 2014, and that'll be uh, volume three. It's just it's hard hard to get myself going sometimes on it. I've got them all in rough draft. It's just issue of, uh, you know, I have to self-publish, so there's some money involved there. <laughs> so, so one of the big mysteries that I've had for many, many years is what is what is the F? <laughs> and that will be a mystery <laughs> that no one will ever be able to solve. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. I, just, I, I, I think I know what the F is supposed to be, but it that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, there were so many other characters there, too, with interesting names, uh, uh, you know, I, I, uh, my favorite was Reg's book. Yeah. I spelled book, the German spelling B U C H. And uh, so it was Reg Reg's book, but, uh, and we had, uh, Warren heels. Yep. So, and, uh, my favorite that, uh, nobody ever gave me any grief on was, uh, wags his ass off. <laughs> so wags was a favorite character of mine. I, uh, I remember, uh, I've been doing some reading about Abraham Lincoln, and I know that when he was president, he he got he got tired of all these people asking for help, and and he had people writing ghost articles uh, under the under pseudonyms like Orphus Seeker, <laughs> you know, maybe the Office Seeker, and, and yeah, uh, yeah, it's pretty pretty cool uh, that that tradition of uh, using a, a alliteration to make a funny comment has has been going on for a long time. Yeah, so I I uh, I actually I did jump all over that because we we certainly had our our share of interesting times there and and uh, they did lend themselves to some of my characters. <laughs> so so this is part of the fun stuff. I'm curious, where did you grow up? How did you uh, how did you end up at the Air Force Academy? Well, the uh, the, the overarching thing is I'm an Air Force brat. Uh, my folks were stationed in uh, Germany, and I was born in an uh, army hospital there at Landstuhl, Germany. And uh, then, uh, of course, we moved around a lot. Uh, my dad was a pilot. He uh, flew uh, C-47s in World War II and uh, B-50, I'm uh, sorry, B-47s in the uh, uh, Korean conflict and the Cold War. Uh, so I always had an interest in aviation and, and, uh, you know, when I was a little kid, he'd let me wear his helmet and everything. So I thought that was really cool. But, uh, we finally, uh, <clears throat> uh, got to the point where we were in Oregon. Uh, we were taking, helping take care of my uh, grandmother, maternal grandmother. And, uh, uh, it was time to think about college. So, uh, I applied to the Academy and, uh, got, uh, turned down. And uh, uh, it was uh, I had applied to the Senate for a Senate uh, 
appointment and a congressional appointment from Oregon and got turned down by both of them. And I'm going, oh, no, what do I do now? And uh, my uh, liaison officer that I had there was a really good guy. And he he said, why don't you uh, apply for the uh, uh, disabled vet? Because my dad was, after he retired, was considered a disabled vet. He said, why don't you apply for that? There's 100 slots for the whole United States. Wow. So, so I applied for that, and uh, miraculously, I've got one. So, uh, you know, that, that could have gone a whole different way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that, uh, that was one of those forks in the road, you know, that sometimes life presents you. And I'm glad uh, that I got on the one that went, went to the academy. That, that totally turned things around for me. And, and uh, uh, the, only, the, only, the only other fork in the road was – towards our graduation when we had to select uh, uh, pilot training bases and that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, before we get that far down the road, uh, did you have a favorite place that you lived growing up and a least favorite place in all your Air Force travels? Well, I think uh, I'd have to say my favorite place was Arizona. We were at Tucson and, uh, you know, the uh, Davis Monthan uh, is there and uh, they have the boneyard. Yeah. My, my dad used to drive me by that all the time. And uh, we'd look at airplanes in the boneyard. And I just remember that, uh, you know, as, a, as one of those stark memories that, you know, you always say, I don't remember being a kid, but I do remember that. Yeah. And then uh, uh, probably the next best was we were uh, uh, sent over. He was assigned in to a base, Fuchu Air Station in Japan. And that was a lot of fun, uh, you know, being a, an elementary school kid and uh, running around Japan and, and uh, having those adventures. Boy, least least favorites. Uh, that's that's a toughie. I, I've, <laughs> I've been very happy with uh, okay the places we've been. I, I could come up with another couple of good ones. I guess is what I do. There you go. And that and that's a, I think that's a an attribute that a lot of folks have that were military kids that had a positive experience where, cause I was, I was also an air force brat and I never really, never really hated any place. I had places I liked more than others, but you know, I, depending on when you moved and where you moved to it, it, uh, it really helped to have a family that was positive and then you could kind of blend in with the, with the crowd. Did I lose you? No, I, I was just, uh, you made me, I was just uh, floating back daydreaming again about other places <laughs> and times. So <laughs> it's, uh, it's fun to have you uh, stir all this all, stir it all up again. It's so, easy to be here, uh, especially after COVID, you know, you kind of been uh, sequestered away here in, in Texas and, uh, and uh, uh, I, I really enjoy uh any chance I get to talk about flying or the academy or anything? Anybody will, anybody will sit and listen. So, so you're lucky enough to get in, and then you show up as a dually. How was? How did that go for you? <laughs> well, it, it was uh, it was it was interesting. Uh, you know, we heard uh, you know all the stories as you come in, report in, and and uh, we were going up one one stairwell in the library complex and. And they said, you're going to get a shot up at the top and then you come down and, you know, and as you come down, you tell everybody how much it hurt as they're going up. So it was, uh, we weren't really pulling for each other yet on the first day, <laughs> but, uh, I, I do remember it started off kind of, 
uh, tough. Uh, we're in basic there, as you recall, and, and uh, we're supposed to sit at our desk and clean our, our M1 rifles, right? So uh, I'm cleaning my rifle and I, I get it done and my roommate uh, says, hey, I just uh, got some mail. It's a, uh, you know, I, I've been looking at it. It's a mad magazine. Oh, no. And I go, really? Can I look at that? <laughs> so he says, sure. So he hands it to me. I'm looking at it. He starts cleaning his rifle. And guess who comes in? The upper class. <laughs> <laughs> so our element leader, whoever it was, element sergeant, comes in. He goes, Paul, get me, get down and give me 50. You know, you're supposed to be cleaning your rifle, not reading Mad Magazine. <laughs> so well, of Waldo no was found. In... You can't tell him I just cleaned it. <laughs> the, the 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 starting point of waldo right there <laughs> yeah so i had i did have some interesting encounters like that, that that you just go okay am i gonna make it here or not but luckily you find out everybody's experiencing that but you don't know that see that's the that's the secret of the academy when you're you're a underclassman like that you don't know what you don't know oh and i was oblivious i i I showed up. They said it was going to be hard. The first day I thought, well, this is going to be okay. And then they fired that cannon. Oh, my God. <laughs> Do you remember them firing a cannon? At the oh, end? you bet. You bet. Yeah. I thought I thought this was going to be kind of easy till they did that. Yeah. <laughs> and then, then I, said, no, I can don't do change. this. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, uh, the, uh, we had a shower formation. And, and uh, <laughs> uh, the uh, you know, we're supposed to know the knowledge and, and memorize uh, information and and uh, the guy standing next to me in the shower formation uh, didn't know cargo aircraft. So the, the uh, upperclassman tells me, he said, get down and you're going to do squat thrust till he gets through cargo aircraft. <laughs> I've never been so tired. <laughs> That's great. Yep. That, and that builds a class uh, bonding. You well, it was, get... uh, supposed to, he kept telling me it would build character. Well, the, and but the poor guy that can't get the answers right, he feels bad because you're getting tortured. All I sure hope so. <laughs> Goodness gracious! So, what 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 dually squadron were you in? Well, I was in uh, uh, 26. It was we call ourselves the BCT Barons. Okay. And uh, we were supposed to be the Red Barons, but uh, we were the, we thought we had a tougher beast than anybody else had, and uh, <laughs> okay. so we we uh, we took that that uh, nomenclature for the squadron and I uh, I would had thought I was a good cross-country runner so I uh, went out for the team and uh, uh, they they put me on the the uh, not the JV but they had kind of a, a freshman squad I guess it was huh. so I got to run a little cross-country and I found out it is it's a lot farther distance than in high school. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so a lot it wasn't very good. <laughs> I, in high school, we ran 2.5 miles and in the academy. They were running four. So I didn't last very long on that team. I did try out for the, uh, uh, the track team too. I thought I could maybe run the, uh, 800 meters or whatever they were doing or 1500. But, uh, uh, I got hurt in wrestling class before the tryouts. Oh, yeah, guy, guy actually uh, sprained my elbow, taking me down, <laughs> and I had to run the tri the trial with the uh, arm not not exactly in a uh, sling, but pretty close to it. <laughs> so used to say I didn't make the team. <laughs> so did jock ramps? Uh, I mean, did the cross country get you on the jock ramps? Though? Just for a little while, yes. <laughs> and I right. I found that to be wonderful. But yeah, that's uh, a, that's a the, deal. <laughs> the big 
the big scare was when you come off jock ramps and you go back to the squadron, it was like every, everybody else was going to take it out on you. Yeah. So uh, what I did was uh, I started up a, a study, uh, kind of a study class or whatever uh, for our uh, element sergeant. He said, okay, Hall, if you, I'm going to give tests every week, a, a knowledge test. I want you to get the guys together on a weekend or whatever, and you got you have to go over current events, every anything in the contrails is fair game. Just you know, get get the guys to be sure they're studying so they can do well on these tests. So I set that up as a point man for that. It it took a little bit of the heat off me. Well, that's well, that's great. I mean, that's so a, I was able to earn my way back into the squadron. I guess good graces there. <laughs> I was I was I was not brilliant enough to get off of the into the jock ramp deal, and then I definitely could not avoid the upper class chaos that was coming down on us every day. I did lose <laughs> a lot of weight though, so that was good, I guess. Well, I uh, I think that's probably all of us lost a lot of weight. <laughs> I I I was. Uh, you made me think of this story. There, there we are at the uh, uh, at the tables in Mitchell Hall, and uh, you know it's uh, basically still early in the year, so they're the upper class are trying to make their point, right? So uh, uh, the uh, I don't even know if you remember that the, the uh, plates we used were were printed yeah. with the thirteen stars or whatever yeah. around an eagle, and yeah, and uh, and they actually were plastic. A lot of them were plastic. So uh, the upperclassman was going to make a point to me about me not knowing uh, some quote, maybe. And so he took my plate and he smashed it on the table in front of me and it shattered. Oh, wow. Because <laughs> it was so old, been through the dishwasher so many times, it was <laughs> ready to go. So it just shattered. And and he didn't miss a beat. He just, he just kept haranguing at me about the knowledge I didn't know. But I could tell other people at the table were shocked. By yeah. that explosion yeah. of that dish but uh you know just odd little things like that, that that you know you just stick in your mind well don i'll never forget the very first fourth of july we had we're all we're in mitchell hall and they're barking at us and we're doing all these squat thrusts and you know nobody's getting any peace and 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 they had set out the the, the waiters had set out the little dessert was going to be a, a square thing of ice cream with the american flag on it and I so desperately wanted that ice cream because it was so hot and I was so I was so hungry and and I never got to touch it and I just watched it melt in a little puddle in the bowl there. That that's that was my fourth of July memory of our first summer. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> so builds so, character. Oh yeah, well, lots of character there. So did you um did you have anything to remember do you remember anything special about like uh, Hell Week or recognition? Well, let's see. Uh, Other than a chemistry PR? <laughs> oh yeah, it's it's. Uh, I remember that that we did go to class during that week. Yeah. And uh, the uh, it was the one time the chemistry instructors were actually fair to us. I thought <laughs> they let us actually sleep at our at our uh, at our sinks. Yeah. Uh, but in, a, in you know before that they were making sure that we didn't get them wet or leave spots on it or anything. But so I thought it was amazing that they were going to let us actually get some get some rest there. Uh, so that was one thing I remember is trying to get a few uh, forty winks there in chemistry class. Um, but 
No, I don't remember. It was like all a blur. It was yeah. really, they just took it to us. I, <laughs> I was so tired and, and uh, just so happy when it was over. It was, that that uh, was amazing when they actually uh, let us know that we had made it through. It it only was topped by Siri. Siri, yeah. when they raised the flag at Siri, that was a crowning moment there. When you're when you're all done, you get on the bus to go back home or back. To yeah, the- exactly. And then yeah. make yourself sick at in Mitchell Hall, <laughs> or in my case, it was Pizza Hut. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, I know. And uh, we tried to order sandwiches and and uh, all sorts of stuff, but after a while, everybody was so sick they couldn't eat any of it. Yeah. So so did you go right to uh, Siri that first summer, or what? What was your summer like? Well, that was yeah, that was a uh, uh, basically. Uh, uh, if I recall right, I went on, uh, I'm trying to remember. It was, I did Siri and I think we got three weeks of leave in there. I'm really yep. stretching yep. for this. Yeah. Three, we had three, think, three weeks periods. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, uh, I, it was that the summer I went to Cannon Air Force Base for three weeks. Okay. And it was, uh, Operation Noncom. Okay. And, and uh, the I got to file records at the hospital, <laughs> and my roommate drove the uh, bulldozer in the base dump. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, so that was that was memorable. <laughs> was that did you did you ever get to go back to third lieutenant later? Or yeah, I got real lucky on third lieutenant. I went over to Spain for that. It was like they were making up for it. Okay, uh, went over did. Uh, uh, time in Zaragoza where they had a bomb uh, bombardment range and there's an Air Force unit there with the Huey helicopters that would uh, provide rescue in case uh, any of the uh, folks using the range had to bail out for some reason or had a problem. Uh, this crew was uh, staged there to go uh, fly the Hueys out and rescue them. So I got to fly with them. That was very interesting. And uh, then I went to an F-4 unit in Madrid uh, there, and uh, we, we were supposed to get rides, but the day we were going to fly, they had some reason why we couldn't. But we all got seat training, but uh, <laughs> we never got to fly. That was, the, that was probably the only sad part of that trip was not getting an F-4 ride. And any other significant summer stuff that did you do? Well, I, I thought uh, being a firsty uh, – the uh, Jack's Valley. I got to be ops uh-huh. ops officer for Valley Squadron, and uh, that was amazing. Just being a part of everything that happened in the Valley uh, was just uh, it's still stuck in my mind as something incredible. So you talk about a good chance for leadership experience. That was that was it. But then it was a lot of the camaraderie. I mean, it was. Uh, uh, just just the thing that kept you going when you got tired uh the only thing i thought was uh, kind of bogus was we were down in the valley working out of the tents and all and the officers were up in the the uh, old dorm inspecting our rooms that we hadn't been in in days <laughs> and we were getting form 10 form tens for uh, dusty dirty you know <laughs> shelves and things after a week and, and that was part of my job i had to take those and and uh try and uh, fight them all <laughs> i don't know if i won that fight i don't remember but uh, i was uh i was a little upset about that and so it was had to go up up to the uh 
cadet area and talk to somebody important about what, why was that happening when we were working so hard down in the valley? Wow. Uh, so did you run into any other, I mean, you did the Waldo thing starting on your, as a third degree. Uh, what, what other stuff did you get involved in any of the other, uh, extracurriculars you, you met that were noteworthy? Well, I, uh, I, uh, probably remember best, the our, uh, athletics squadron athletics, you know, the, uh, uh, stuff we did in uh, intramurals i i didn't really do anything else uh you know i wasn't a blue bard or i didn't i didn't play in the drum and bugle corps or anything like that because i was a clarinetist okay <laughs> so they didn't need a clarinetist uh but i really enjoyed uh coaching cross country for the for the squadron uh i thoroughly enjoyed lacrosse uh, intramurals i wasn't good enough for the team but uh intramural lacrosse was awesome and uh, so I remember a lot of a lot of that uh, uh, good times out there on the athletic field at the squadron. And if if I, if my brain cells haven't totally faded, were you were you in thirty seven as an upperclassman? Absolutely right. How do you remember that? I don't know. <laughs> I have yeah, no we idea. Were, our uh, our uh, name was thirty seven Smilers because I was and, in thirty. Uh, our our unofficial patch logo was Alfred E. Newman. Okay. So you can see Mad Magazine stuck with me through the four years. Well, and Waldo sort of <laughs> uh, Alfred Newman, or at least your version of him, right? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, 37 Squadron was uh, was awesome. We were on the sixth floor in New Dorm and uh, and uh, just uh, had a great time there. And, and uh, uh, I'm trying to remember, I don't think we ever did well in drill. I don't remember. I don't think we were on our squadron ever. <laughs> So but we sure did our best. You tried hard, right? <laughs> yeah, we we had good we had good duelies. I remember our uh, uh, senior year, and and uh, they were they did a lot of pranks on us to try and let us know that they cared about us. You know, like uh, you know you, you, they'd uh, lock you in a room by putting pennies in the uh, cracks between oh, the yeah. door and the door jam, so you couldn't get out. Uh, <laughs> they uh, they would uh, light the tennis balls on fire and launch it from the CQ desk down at you as you're walking down the hallway. <laughs> a lot of stuff like that. <laughs> so uh, just another fun, a fun now, now that they got carpet everywhere, I guess the tennis ball thing doesn't go too well. Yeah, that won't, that won't work, but it would have prevented me from getting uh, whatever I got eight and four for uh, not waxing my floor. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, speaking of that, did you ever have any troubles? <clears throat> Academics. I was, uh, I, I was really hard. I never got a 3.0. Uh, my best semester was uh, sophomore year where I got a 297. And I just, I was, uh, I'll just say I was valedictorian in high school. And uh, I just was not ready for collegiate, you know, level academics. Yeah. And, and of course, the academy, we were pulling down for uh, 24 hours, you know, and uh, a semester. And, uh, you, I mean, you, you remember that you just, <laughs> you're trying to read all the readings and do all the homework and, and, uh, then you got to get your, get ready to, to do drill. And, and, uh, so I'm not complaining, but there were a lot of things that were taking our time and, and, uh, I struggled with academics mightily. You, you, uh, uh, can be sure I didn't graduate top of the class. Well, you, 
as I recall, uh, every time I saw you, you were doing better than me. So I, <laughs> I figured you were one of the superstars. Well, I, I, I think I was able to uh, uh, somehow convince them to let me be on group staff or something like that. And that, that probably helped me. Okay. So you did, the, you were group staff for uh, what years? Let's see. I think I did it uh, as as group uh, admin sergeant or something like that for fourth group, uh, uh, second class and uh, first class. Let's see. What did what did I do? I did some, something like you know. It wasn't very important. It was like uh, admin or something like that, or logistics or something. But it got but, you out of some stuff. But uh, yeah, I did. Uh, I did manage to convince Jack Cat and let me come over to wing staff, and I did the wing activities officer job which was cool because you you got to uh uh book the uh allied arts performances okay the, so the that people... was that was a fun staff job there okay that that brings a question up for me do you have any uh any memories of significant positive or negative concert things that happened yeah did... i sure do uh do you remember when seals and croft came I remember, I remember the group. I think they came. Yes. I re- yeah. Well, they were there and uh, I was in the audience and uh, they had these giant, what they call Klieg lights. They're on giant spindly towers. They have these lights shining down on them. One of those fell over and just missed them as they were performing. I mean, it, it would have wiped them out and they looked at it and just kept playing. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't, did not bother them a bit. And then uh, we had, uh, if you remember, Chicago came. Yeah. And we thought that was going to be awesome because my roommate had a, a, a reel-to-reel recorder and eight <laughs> hours of Chicago on it. Oh, so my. we called the quarters. He, we would listen to Chicago. And on the reverse side, eight hours, was the Carpenters. So uh, Chicago came. And, you know, I think they just kind of thumbed their nose at us because they did nothing but jam. They did not play any of their, their hits. Yeah. Can you imagine that? Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I can imagine. I remember the, the famous three dog night stories. Oh yeah. Uh, and go ahead. Well, go, what, what is your version of that? Cause I, I have my memory, but I, I have an old brain. No, I just knew there were stories. I don't. I might have been CQ or something when they had they came out because I missed a couple of concerts thanks to CQ. Well, I just remember we all went down to wherever it was the, the field house and and we were waiting for them to show up. And then we got the word they weren't they weren't stopping at the base. They kept on driving by because uh, they weren't going to support anything to do with the military. Oh man, I must have lost that. I think no, I don't even vaguely remember that. But I yeah, I, I, I haven't I, listened I to one of their songs since. <laughs> Well, uh, I'll just i make sure I break all the records I have. Um, <laughs> you don't yeah, have to do and that. Then, uh, uh, you remember? Uh, let's see. It was it was? I will say my f- absolute favorite. I went to see him twice because they came to the academy twice. The Carpenters. Okay. I I tell you, Karen Carpenter, I was totally in love with her. <laughs> yeah, my my heart throbbed back then was Linda Ronstadt when she came. That was fantastic. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. I. I would have proposed to her, but she had differing career goals. <laughs> In all cases, yes. <laughs> That's right. But yeah, it, hey, I don't, that that was a good choice. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Allied Arts, uh, pretty pretty interesting. We tried to get a leave in John. She actually said she wanted to come, but uh, we never had a date that we could fit into her schedule. So that's the, the one bad thing I, wow. I kind of uh, am bummed by that, uh, 
we never that, got her there. That would have driven everybody crazy back then, I know. Oh, it would have been big. <laughs> I, what a feather in my cap that would have been. Yeah. Oh, well. So so uh, with all this positive stuff, did you ever think of quitting? Oh, no. I thought they were trying to get me out. I, I tenaciously hung on with my, you know, fingernails to the, the ledge there because uh, I thought they were everybody, every upperclassman, everybody there, the, the instructors, everybody was working hard to get me out. I, and I would no way was I leaving. <laughs> and for, for those of you listening in, I had the same feeling. I mean, I yeah, quitting would have been a luxury to, to me. I was so desperate to try and make it through the next test or the next uh grading cycle or the next inspection and i you know there is something to do with uh, all the stress you eat that <laughs> kind of dr- drives away the uh i want to get out of here thing no i i, I absolutely it, and it was you know i i could hardly say uh say it enough that it was a dream come true to you know having come from a air force family and you know kind of following my dad's footsteps well i didn't want to let him down and uh, i really wanted to fly and if if you remember at the time, uh, as you know, Vietnam kind of wound down. And our our uh, freshman year, the Christmas of '72 is when the uh, POWs were uh, repatriated from uh, Vietnam. Yep. And uh, you know, they, in the the war started winding down by '75. You know, just in our senior year, uh, people were having trouble getting into pilot training uh, from like. ROTC and all and you had to be like the ROTC intergalactic student of the year to get a <laughs> pilot training slot but not an academy guy yeah but the academy grads were automatic if you had so the, if that you... that really motivated my senior year that I was going to get one of those pilot training slots and yeah. then I'm, I'm so silly I told you about the Huey helicopters yeah in Zaragoza well I thought well that'd be really cool to fly helicopters and of course my air AOC was an old helicopter pilot. Oh, okay. So you think maybe he had some effect on us. <laughs> so they, they had a, uh, our senior year, they had a uh, selection for Fort Rutger helicopter training. And uh, anybody who wanted, was interested needed to go to Arnold Hall. And, and uh, so actually 45 of us showed up. Wow. And they said, well, guys, we have 15 slots available. <laughs> So they pulled numbers out of a hat. Oh no! <laughs> so here, here we've worked hard for three and a half years, and now my my next part of my life was going to be determined by a number pulled out of a hat. <laughs> I did not get selected, but you did. You did graduate, and you did go to pilot training. That's right, and that was a one of those uh, unanswered prayer. You know that there's a song, country song about that. Sometimes the best. The best things that happened to you, your results of unanswered prayers. I, uh, I really didn't need to go to helicopter training. Pilot <laughs> training was awesome, and it, it formed the whole rest of my career. And I flew for 26 years, Thank and you. I loved every, every day of it. So it's very interesting how the, <laughs> there's just these strange things that happen to you. So um, 26 years now, kind of run the crowd through what what uh, airplanes and what you did. Okay. Well, I ended up uh, in what they called a career trainer at the time. And I started out, uh, believe it or not, out of pilot training. I went to Vance uh, Air Force Base by the sea in Enid, Oklahoma. And uh, <laughs> uh, I did uh, uh, 
selection there and I and they I said I want to be an instructor and they said I we think you'd be a great instructor how about if you go and instruct at the Air Force Academy in T-41s wow little, our little Cessna 172s you remember there yeah and uh, so I said okay you know so <laughs> so I went uh, for basically two years uh, to the uh, 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 triple nickel plus two the 557th squadron and I was a second lieutenant uh instructor pilot in the t-41 wow and it was really fun uh, the squadron the flying was fun it was good to get experience uh flying with cadets there uh, one of the biggest memories i have of that was uh our squadron was a big academy football supporter and we got you know we bought tickets in a group and yeah. we sat in the stands we tailgated together it was an awesome uh just a team building camaraderie thing that that squadron had going in relation to the academy. Uh, after that, they said, well, you got to, we want you to be an instructor again. We think you should fly jets. So we're going to put you in T-37s and guess where you get to go. I go, where? You get to go to Vance by the sea. <laughs> so went to Vance and flew T-37s. And uh, uh, it was, it was again, another awesome experience. Uh, I ended up uh, getting to come back down to uh, Randolph Air Force Base and uh, fly T-37s, but I uh, also uh, was on the uh, AETC, well, it was ATC at that time, uh, safety team, which was another very interesting experience. Uh, got, got to uh, uh, go from there, believe it or not. Uh, I applied to teach at the Air Force Academy and they said, yeah, we we're kind of short on guys with wings here. It'd be nice to have, you know, guys with wings, you know, try to motivate cadets as instructors. So uh, I applied at the uh, uh, military science uh, division. So is that how do you get to go back there as you apply to a spot? Yeah, it was actual application process, and uh, you had to send a pretty picture of yourself, and <laughs> and uh, send them your. I had to send them my grades from the academy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to say I, little, I had some trepidation there, but I sent them anyway, and had some nice letters of recommendation from people, and and I uh, didn't. I had to go to uh, go to the zoo and interview. Interviewed with uh, three or four people, and and uh, then. Uh, I said, hey, let's go to lunch. And I said, okay. So we went to the officer's club for lunch and they told me I was hired. Wow. <laughs> so that That's was great. pretty awesome. I didn't have to wait or guess. So I did, I did a, like a four-year controlled tour there teaching uh, military studies. And uh, I was uh, uh, associate AOC for uh, 15th Squadron. And to our credit, we won Honor Squadron two years in a row. Well, that's, that's my dually squadron. I don't have fond memories of those guys. So. <laughs> they were, that was a tough, tough bunch, buddy. I know. Oh. <laughs> they they never thought they'd make Honor Squadron in a million years. And uh, somehow we did it. Had a, had a good group uh, firsties both years. And, and uh, uh, I really enjoyed it. The AOC was a great guy and uh, it worked out. But uh, so I'm so I'm sitting there and, and uh, my uh, uh Personnel guy calls from Randolph and says, hey, it's time for another assignment. I go, oh, okay. <laughs> he says, uh, looks like uh, you, if, if you want to keep progressing here in the Air Force, you're going to have to go to the Pentagon. And I go, uh, I, I heard if you go to the Pentagon, you pour coffee for generals. 
<laughs> he says, he says, no, there's, you'll be doing more than that. You probably do PowerPoint presentations or something. He signs shoes too. <laughs> <laughs> I said, I said, death by PowerPoint. I said, you're not selling this, you know. And he goes, uh, I said, what else could I do? He goes, well, you could go, and he mumbled something that I didn't understand. Lubbock, Texas. And I go, I'm sorry, you're going to have to say that more clearly. And he goes, you could fly a T-38 at Reese Air Force Base. And I said, sold. I'll take the T-38 to Reese as an instructor. And he goes, well, you just can't guarantee promotion if you do that. <laughs> I said, can I guarantee I'll fly? He says, yeah, they got, you got to fly there. And I go, okay, let's go. So I ended up at Reese by the sea. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, flew 38 and that was awesome. It was because I was so used to flying the slow movers like the T-37 and the T-41 that that airplane, the 38 opened my eyes I think, yeah. and, and I just loved it. The Cadillac of trainers is what it is. Do they still uh, use that one or? Oh yeah, it's still yeah. now they do have an, another one that they're, uh, they've gotten the pipeline to replace it. But they've got, uh, last I remember, they had the C model out. They changed out the engines and the ejection seats, and they were hoping it'd last, uh, you know, a few more years. So I, I'd anticipate the next five years you'll see a replacement uh, mm. for that. But it's it was a hard, it's it's just a tough bird to replace. It It's awesome. And then if I'm following this correctly, after that, you went and bought airplanes? Is that right? Yeah, it was, uh, it was interesting. Uh, there's a little something in between uh, that helped me do that. Uh, they uh, let me go to the uh, uh, Randolph again, and by then I'm a lieutenant colonel, and they don't know what to do with me. Uh, they said, <laughs> well, nobody's sponsoring you for full colonel, so you're going to retire as a lieutenant colonel. I go, oh, okay, sounds good. Can I fly? They said, yes. <laughs> so uh, I ended up flying uh, six more years at Randolph as a lieutenant colonel, line IP. Uh, got, you know, I pulled so supervisor flying duties, which I loved, and... Uh, Got to fly with a lot of the uh, officers that checked out the colonels and the generals. That was a very interesting time. <laughs> uh, so uh, then the uh, the uh, T six Texan two contract came up, and uh, they uh, were putting together a test team, a, a training command test team. And luckily, my squadron commander, the five fifty ninth, uh, recommended me. And uh, so I got to join a group of eight guys, uh, Marines, Navy, and Air Force, and to include uh, logistics and admin. Uh, we formed a, a test team, and we flew 1999. We were the first ones basically to fly the uh, uh, T-6 Texan II and test out the syllabus. Cool. And that was very, very cool. And then following that, the squadron kept me to be a line IP in the T-6, which I loved. So uh, uh, I got to the 26 and a half year point and I thought, well, I can last till 28. They don't have to throw me out till then. Uh, I hope they'll keep me. And I asked them to keep me. But uh, the personnel guy said I had to go to Korea. Oh, wow. And I said, well, OK, what what uh, can I fly in Korea? Because they had. They had C-12s there. To, they were flying the, the officers around and the generals yeah. and all. Yeah. And I said, oh, I, I'd love to do that. And they said, no, you got to go to command post and answer phones. <laughs> <laughs> so so I said, okay, you're just trying, you're giving me the assignment to force me to retire, right? They just kind of snickered in the background. But uh, they actually offered this uh, job to five different people. We all retired. 
uh, and number six took it. I, he, I guess he had to take it or something. <laughs> so <laughs> that's how my, my career, but it, it was, uh, ended on a good note there with, uh, a Finney flight into T6 Texan two at Randolph for amongst friends and, and coworkers and family. And, and, uh, I just, uh, really, really enjoyed that 26 and a half. But as you pointed out that, that sent me to, um, basically the uh, civilian world. And, uh, I got on with a company that won a government contract to uh, help purchase the T-6 Texan for the Air Force and Navy. And that's okay. how I got involved in that. And you, and, and you worked for this company for quite a while, right? Yeah, yeah. It took, uh, uh, oh, I don't know, what was it? It ended up being five years, something like that. But uh, it was it was fun because I worked my way up. I was kind of like the uh, the uh, the guy did the grunt work to begin with the PowerPoint presentations and making the coffee, but I, <laughs> I worked my way up and ended up being the, the, uh, basically the program manager, which was, uh, uh, for, for purchasing and logistics for the airplane. That was pretty cool. And not, not a surprise being an air force grad with that kind of track record climbing up and eventually taking over if they leave you around long enough. Yeah. They, and, uh, it, it was fun. And, and, uh, so then, uh, uh, I, I think that they said, well, it's pretty well, airplanes pretty well established now and we don't really need that contract anymore. So I, they didn't really need me anymore. Uh, so I was going to go, uh, I got, uh, a job at, uh, Pueblo with the squadron there that did the, uh, initial, uh, training pilot training and the, uh, diamond 20. I don't know if you were familiar with that program. Not they, uh, instead of T-41s, they were, uh, they would send the uh, second lieutenants to, uh, Pueblo, run them through a course, get them their private pilot's license in the Diamond 20, little single engine, low wing, uh, tricycle gear aircraft. And then they would go on to pilot train. Uh, uh, I got there and, and, uh, loved Colorado, but, uh, uh, they, uh, told me, I, I thought it would be, you know, I was kind of older now and, and. I thought it was going to be a little bit easier flying, but they wanted me to trip turn and four o'clock reports in the morning. <laughs> uh, I finally told them, uh, no, I really appreciate it, but uh, I don't think I need to do that. So I, I, I basically quit that job. <laughs> and, uh, uh, but I miss Colorado. Uh, so I'm laying on the couch and uh, <laughs> drinking a beer and the wife's looking at me like, what are you going to do to get off that couch and get a job? Or something? <laughs> when a friend of mine called and he said, Hey, we're, we're forming, there's a company got a contract with the air force. We're going to form up a little, uh, five, six man team. We're going to go over to Iraq and we're going to teach the Iraqi pilot training students ground oh. school for the T six Texan too. Oh my. Uh, the, uh, air force was uh, going to sell 15 of them to the Iraqi air force. And their, uh, their uh, Air Force Academy was going to be at Tikrit, Iraq, which was Saddam's hometown. Wow. And uh, we had the 3rd Army Division there had a, a, a camp there. It was called Camp Spiker. So uh, I went uh, over there for a year and uh, taught ground school and, and a lot of English. <laughs> uh, the, uh, uh, the international language for flight is English and, yeah. and, uh, 
they uh, they told us a lot of their students knew English very well, but that wasn't the case. So I did teach a lot of English so. and and world history. They uh, the students we had there uh, just uh, didn't get a lot in, a lot in their high school training, and and uh, they just had a, a, a real appetite for uh, any any anything about the world, and especially world history. So I taught a lot of that too. Uh, that uh, that was a good year. Interesting, tough to be away from family, but uh, certainly a, a new experience for me. And and then uh, we ended up uh, coming back to uh, Texas. And and uh, since then, I've uh, flown as a as a, a certified flight instructor at the little airfield in New Braunfels, Texas, and uh, just kind of keeping my hand in. And uh, that's uh, besides doing interviews with you, that's what's kept me busy. Well, and, and you're working, as I understand it, right? You work for Texas Lutheran University now? We we had a contract with them. Uh, the school was Texas Aviation Academy, and they did have a uh, Texas Lutheran contract. I don't believe they have that anymore. Okay. Uh, they, don't, they don't have me anymore either. <laughs> it turned oh. out that they needed to cut some costs, and I was a very expensive instructor. Okay. <laughs> so now oh. I'm, I'm doing more of a flying on my own dime. Now, I, I want everybody to know that you've got a million little uh, AFIT degrees or a little certifications, it looks like. Oh, there's there's just a lot of lot of courses I've taken and and uh, some some uh, were because I was told I needed them for uh, for, for promotion. You know, yeah, keep, <laughs> you know how that goes. Yeah, to keep but, the rock going up the hill. But, there. <laughs> you know, there, there was the you know, you got to go to squadron officer school. You got to do uh, air command staff. You've got to do. Uh, uh, industrial school, the Marine Corps, and things like that, you know. But I saw in here something, USC flight safety. Was that a Southern Cal thing, or is that something else? Yeah, yeah, I went to their course, their flight safety course, and that, that's probably a big part of my career was being a flight safety officer and, and running a program at uh, at Randolph and uh, being a, a trained investigator of aircraft accidents, which isn't fun. I'll just, I mean, it's it's a very challenging job, but it's uh, can be very sobering, too. Yeah, so this but, I was a legal officer for a while in my squadron, and, and there was a different approach to an accident from the legal side than the safety side. You might want to tell everybody what does a safety guy do in an accident situation. Well, that uh, that's you know, of course, the safety folks first on the scene. But uh, any anything that's a uh, what you'd call evidentiary detail. Uh, is provided to the legal side. So there's two sides to the safety uh, investigation. And uh, the, uh, the, the main thing that the safety guys tell folks is that we're trying to prevent the next accident. Yep. So we're, whatever you tell us is basically going to be sequestered away or given some executive privilege over here on this side of the report. And then the legal folks have access to all the, you know, the evidence that's there, that's the, uh, the say it was wreckage or the weather report at the time or what, whatever is factual. Yeah, they, they have that. And then they also deal with the collateral damage, say, say uh, a farmer's field was set on fire by an accident or a cow was killed or something. There's going to be some legal ramifications there that, that I'm sure you had to handle uh now my all, thing. All, so all my uh, stuff yeah. was bizarre i had but I, I yeah it was we lost a helicopter at sea so i had to deal with that but that was the uh my legal aviation safety legal thing it it's uh it's interesting 
the whole idea was to have people not feel the safety guys were out to get them. Yep. Cause that, that used to be when we were younger in the air force, it used to be the old saying was the safety guys are the people that come down after out of the Hills after the battle and strip the dead. Um, <laughs> that's not the truth you know we really were there to try and keep it from happening again or try and prevent something else from happening so uh, that was the the tough uh tough road that safety had to hoe to to keep people you know understand that we're here to help and then of course you're still going to have to talk to the lawyers over there and uh, that's a whole different thing yeah, and trust me, you don't want to be you. You don't want to tell the legal side anything if unless they ask about it. So, because it all comes back to get you. So, I, I just want everybody to know there's a difference. The the safety thing is to make sure, like Don says, not to re, have have continuing accidents with the same theme. The legal guys are trying to find culpability and who they can go after and all that stuff. If there's somebody to go after. And uh, so it, uh, we, I thought we did a fairly good job. Our, our accident record was pretty good and during the time I was in. And, and uh, it, uh, it was everybody, you know, everybody has to be a safety officer. That was our, our main thing, you know, hold your hand up and, and you've been sworn in, whoever you are. Didn't matter if you were a pilot or a maintenance guy or logistics or the weatherman. You had to all be there pulling, trying to get that mission done. Uh, you know, that, that was the thing about the mission in, in training command, we could always scrub it and do it the next day. Yeah. Uh, but in wartime, you, you know, there are times when the mission's got to go no yeah. matter what. So uh, it's, it's, uh, one of those things the air force, uh, ho- hopefully is, is working hard to train you for. So, so Don, I got to, with all the 26 years of being an instructor pilot, did you ever have any close calls? Yeah, I had, a, had a couple, um, and I, if I don't, I hope I'm not boring you, but I, I do no. have a couple <laughs> that stick in my mind. Uh, the uh, in T thirty eight, the uh, when I went there and I went through the training and everything, and and uh, the, I'm a I'm in uh, the flight. I'm I'm a F flight IP, and uh, they said we're going to put you up today with the strongest student in the class. He this guy is awesome. So I go, wow, that's great. I go, yeah, because you're new here. We want to give you every fighting chance to be successful. <laughs> so <laughs> we're we're going to put you with the best guy in the class. So go have fun. It's going to be a contact flight. Uh, you're going to do aerobags and patterns. Just go and enjoy yourself. I said, sounds great. So uh, we brief up the flight. Nice young man, sec lieutenant. We uh, go out. Uh, uh, check over the airplane. We get in. Everything's great. Taxi out. No problem. Now, the first pattern we fly is we have to go around the outside downwind, come in for what was called a single engine heavyweight landing. Mm. And uh, what you, you know, of course, you're heavy because you have fuel. You're going to fly this. One of the engines will be in idle. The other engine you can use as you need to stay airborne. So we come around. He sets up on final. We're coming down final. He's uh, he's using that engine very well. We're we're coming down. Go. This is this is just great. But we're still short of the runway as we're coming in, and he comes back to idle. Huh. And 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 I, I imagine he thought he was just going to float it into the runway. <laughs> well, today today was a very hot day, and the T thirty eight with the stubby little wings does not like hot days, and uh, the engine is not as efficient, and the wings are not as efficient. So the airplane started falling out of the sky. <laughs> And so I, I grabbed, I took control of the airplane, 
I push both engines into afterburner and I do this little saber dance in the overrun. Wow. <laughs> and didn't touch down. We do this little dance and climb out and I get the gear up and I go around and, I, and uh, we head out to the area. And I said, well, what, what'd you pull the throttle there for? We were not even close to get, you know, to the runway. He says, well, in the past, in the, you know, in the winter, I, that's where, you know, that's where I pull it or you know, in the spring yeah. or when it's cooler. I always pull it there at the dead cow. He had a point on the ground that had been <laughs> given that had somebody pointed out to him that if you pull it here, you probably will float in and have a nice landing. Well, I said, no, you got to fly the airplane. <laughs> you have to fly the airplane to the runway. So I said, oh, he said, okay, I understand. All right. Okay. So we go out the area. This guy does the best aerobatics, <laughs> just wonderful aerobatics. I said, this guy is awesome. So we come back and now the next pattern has to be a no flap straight in and T38 doesn't like no flaps. It, 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 so we're coming in and I'm going, this is set up. This is so nice. He's right on speed. Everything's looking great. What do you think he did? Killed the throttle again. Yeah. He pulled the throttle at the same spot. Both of them. Now we're using <laughs> both of them this time. Pulls them both. I take control of the airplane. I jam both throttles into afterburner. Luckily we were lightweight now. And I do this little saber dance in the overrun again. Don't touch down. Come around. And uh, I go up on the outside down so we can both get catch our breath. And I get this call from the RSU, Runway Supervisory Unit. And they say, uh, hey, punt 2-2. Two, two. I go, yes. <laughs> go, the uh, supervisor flying like to see you when you come in. <laughs> <laughs> can't imagine why. <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine why. And... Uh, so that was my, my ride with the best student in the class. I learned from then on that you ride with your hand behind the stick. He can't see it. He doesn't know you're doing it. You don't touch it. You keep your hand like a throttle gate behind the throttles and you don't move it till you're sure we're going to make the landing. Yeah. And uh, so I learned a lot of tricks the hard way there. Uh, luckily I had the new guy shield up. So I didn't take too much grief because they go, well, it's the new guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow. That's... <laughs> but that one got my attention. And then the, uh, probably the, this, a scary thing happened, but I was ready for <laughs> uh, a little more. I'm a little more experienced now. Uh, we're in the formation phase. Uh, I've got a student with me and in the other airplane is a solo student on our wing, but he's not my student. He's a, another student from the flight. So okay. I don't know him real well. But anyway, we briefed up this formation and everything. So I, we're flying along in fingertip, and my student says, we're going to do a pitch out. So we're going to break up this, this flight and then rejoin. I said, okay, that's part of the, the profile. That's good. Let's do that. And then I said to myself, now what's the, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll go out there and we'll pitch out. And we had to, we got away from, and he couldn't find us. I had to give him a... a <laughs> Well, we uh, an ASR back to us. I had to give him azimuth and everything. And you know, do you see us now? Do you see us now? <laughs> Finally, got him back. Well, now we change leads, and he gets to be the leader, and he wants to do a pitch out and rejoin. Well, what do you think? I'm in my mind. I'm going. What? Which way is he going to pitch? Yeah, we're on his left wing. Oh yeah, he should pitch to the right. What? Do you think he's going to do? He starts and I had my hand near the stick. He pitches into us and I punched that stick down and we just went right under him. Wow. And uh, 
but I was ready. I knew that was a possibility, but I didn't, I was going, I just can't believe that would happen, but I'm going to be ready for it. And holy smokes. So it's uh, sometimes your intuition, your training and experience come back to save you. <laughs> well, Don, I, I want to thank you again for this. This was great. Well, you can tell I've got all these pent up stories and no one to tell them to because my <laughs> wife's heard them all. <laughs> well, no, this is great. And, and I also want to uh, thank you for doing the 40 years of the uh, comedy for the Academy. That was, that was a, a great uh, tradition that they, that was started by you and, and the seven, the mysterious 75 guy. And I hope that uh, people find the, uh, if not the reprints, at least they go look up some of the, uh, the stuff online that they can find and, and, and get entertained again by that. Well, I, I, I know the laugh. I just the stuff is timeless at the Air Force Academy. I don't care how much things change; they always stay the same. And uh, if that's just one of the things people ask me, how could you write it for forty years? It's because <laughs> you know you just nothing changes. It just and everybody can appreciate that. There's only been what uh, fifty thousand stories now, or however many eighteen thousand stories of everybody's got something in their in their cadet experience it was funny and also sad at the same time (laughs) (laughs) right on all right don thanks and uh, thank you for thinking of me i really appreciate it john you're you're, you're more than well you're you're an honored guest (laughs) well let's uh let's let's stay in touch a little bit and uh maybe we can uh do something for the uh 2026 sounds good Mm -hmm.